This, 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 this is mythical. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. From Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans, they've got you covered. Heck yeah, they do. Their products come in a variety of amazing colors, from classic black and white to pinks, greens, yellows, and blues. And the best part, Nicole... Everything's non-toxic. Josh, I've been in the market for a kettle for months. Yeah, I've heard I've, you talk about it a weird amount. Yeah, I've bought like a bunch, returned a bunch, but I just got my hands on the Great Jones Fellow Kettle collab, and I got it in the color broccoli, and I'm so excited to make artisanal teas and coffees. I'm trying to get on my coffee game right now, and I'm mm. so excited to use a gooseneck kettle. We have no idea. I'm excited to use their yellow hot dish, a.k.a. casserole dish. Shout out to Minnesota and Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, but right. I'm, I'm at that point in my life where I'm like, I'm an adult. I should have nice vessels to serve food out of sure, instead of just serving it on like stainless steel restaurant style things. And I like it. It's cute. It's got a good design. Bakes really well. Holds heat. I'm in, baby. And once you try Great Jones, you'll want to share it with friends. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code SANDWICH. That's greatjones.com, promo code SANDWICH. Hey, you know that girl in the salt canister, the one with the umbrella or whatever? Yeah. She's a damn liar! This, this is, is a hot, hot dog, dog is a sandwich. sandwich. Ketchup is a smoothie. Yeah, I put ice in my cereal, so what? That makes no sense. A hot dog is a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> what? <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich. I'm your host, Josh Scherer. And I'm your host, Nicole Anaidi. And we're internet chefs over on Mythical Kitchen. Good Mythical Morning, when we're not making million-dollar hamburgers or whatever, we're <laughs> over here breaking down the world's biggest food debates. That's right, Josh. And today we are debating the very salty topic of, are salt companies tricking you? Yes. The answer is yes. Salt <laughs> Do you companies feel are absolutely tricky. No. Um, <laughs> the reason we wanted to talk about this uh-huh. is because salt is the single most important ingredient in your pantry. I agree. Not only the single most important ingredient in your pantry, it is the single most important ingredient in the history of food itself. Yeah, and like life. Other than life. air, water, and like maybe like fire, fire, earth, I would say the salt. The water tribes. Salt, <laughs> salt is like one of the, I think top five. I don't think you yeah. can live without salt. No, 100%. Yeah. And like literally down to physiological level. That's I'm right. not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I think I could have made a great doctor. I'd be like Patch Adams. You know what? I was going to bring this up too. I think you and I would have been such good doctors if we just applied ourselves a little bit more. <laughs> I think about that a lot. Looking back, yeah. like there's several routes I could have taken. And now yeah. I'm here yelling about salt. I know. Um, but no, it literally makes your cells function. That's um, right. Anybody who has ever drank Gatorade or heard the term electrolyte, sure. it's all because your body loses salt and you need mm-hmm. to replenish it. Um, salt throughout history, we've talked a lot before about the Roman usage of salt. Salt right? as currency. Salt as currency, yeah. right? The term salami comes from salted meats. The term salary has roots in salt, which is the craziest thing ever because my brother's name is Sal. <laughs> but like I never, you know, I'm like maybe his name needs salt, but it doesn't. But it's just so interesting to me. Yeah, because they used to literally pay soldier, soldier comes, God, every... Soldiers from salt. Everything comes from salt. Every <laughs> single thing comes from salt because salt was so important to the history of mankind. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that came from preserving foods, right? Sure, of course. And so back then you had like if you lived near the Mediterranean, you mm-hmm. probably harvested seawater and then boiled it, which 
boiling things takes a lot of energy so that was like difficult to do so you're probably boiling it to distill sea salt that way mm -hmm. if you were in say like Ireland I know Ireland had a big um, salt mining thing Ireland you had, has good salt you had inland uh, you know salt deposits they're near the sea too I don't know point is you can mine salt from the land and from water Very cool. uh, and people did this primarily because you needed to preserve food it of became course. really important in commerce even though salt trade is like several several thousands of years old um, your body craves the taste of it, mm -hmm. which is really unique because we don't like taste a single chemical that way, the way that we do salt. Salt is you know very I mean? unique in that. Is it on your tongue map? You know how like there's a tongue? Yeah, it is on your tongue map. There's sweet, salt, umami, bitter, right? The tongue map's not real, right? The tongue map? Tell me about the tongue map. Well, the tongue map, I remember learning about it in like fourth grade. And we actually had, it's very interesting. We were laid out a bunch of, um, what are those things called? Ampoules? Little what? Um, um pools. What is an um pool? An um pool is like it's like a sachet of liquid with a little. I don't top. even know if I know what a sachet, sachet. is. <laughs> All I know is sachet. A dropper. Away. Okay, sorry. In layman's terms, a dropper. So we had droppers of each concentrated thing. So we had like liquid sugar or like liquid umami or soy sauce or things like what? that. And you would drop it on different parts of your tongue, and the teacher would be like, "Did it taste different?" <laughs> and then we'd be like, "Yes" or "No." Probably yes, because we were tricked into thinking that tongue map was real yeah. but yeah it, i believe it's it's salt it's uh umami sweet bitter and sour sa sours one yeah oh let's see maggie pulled up maggie pulled it up um what the frick? Okay, there's the filiform. We're looking at uh, we're looking at the the map of the tongue right now, oh, yeah. which is so bitter, sour, creepy. umami, salty, and sweet. So umami and salty are sometimes considered like similar. Yeah, well, but not really. A lot of oh god, I'm about to spread so much pseudoscience right Woo! now. <laughs> oh, there was so it. much pseudoscience in salt. We'll get into that too. But so uh, one of the reasons salty is one of the reasons salt is so important. You have the commercial element of. Mm -hmm. Salt kills bacteria. Um, so say you're preserving, let's talk about, I don't know, salt cod. Mm -hmm. Cod's a great example. Yeah, Fish great. is something that spoils really, really Fast. quickly. Mm -hmm. A lot of bacteria in it. You add salt to it. The chemical composition of salt creates an osmotic reaction, which is to say it draws water out. Yep. Bacteria loves water. Bacteria thrives is, in water. Thrives in water. Yeah. It's made of water itself. So the salt literally draws water out and dehydrates, dehydrates the bacteria itself. Which is how like salt cod became such a popular important important food, food in like so many different cultures. Yeah. You go to uh, Jamaica, right? Aki and saltfish. Aki and saltfish. You yeah. go to Portugal. You got bacalao. Bacalao. Oh, mm -hmm. let me some good salt cod fritters. Um, <laughs> England salt cod's a huge thing. You go to Newfoundland. You get like salt cod gratin. Yeah. And stuff like that. And that was because salt was the technology to transport that. Down to the taste level, too. Makes it taste good. Makes food. It makes food taste good. Can you imagine, like, food without salt at this point in your career? Yeah, dude, because, like, I think we all had, we all at least went to, like, a parent's house. My parents weren't very concerned with health. I still grew up eating the snack sure, wells and yeah. the, the, like, fat-free dressing that was uh, just, like, yeah. pancake syrup. The wishbone. <laughs> um, pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, the wi wishbone Why? is, like, the yeah. dirt of the dirt yep, brands. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, eating wishbone as an adult is weird. I'm like, I'm glad I can now afford or Hidden Ken's. Valley. Or oh, Ken's. Ken's? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Ken's a little too fancy oh. for me. Um, but salt actually changes the way that foods interact with yeah, your mouth. That's so true. Which, and, and what we're all building up to is we're trying to eventually <laughs> get to the idea of like, we don't talk about salt enough in terms of your pantry. We take it for granted when people write recipes sometimes. They go salt to taste, even though salt is like mm -hmm. the only ingredient you should measure. That's true. Pepper to taste. No, no, no. Salt, salt to, to the point where it, yeah. Yeah, it's actually good. Um, but one of the reasons it's 
so important throughout history is because the way that it changes foods chemically. Sure. So even like you think about cheese, right? Mm -hmm. Not only did salt make milk, (laughs) salt made milk into a brick (laughs) that we could put on a donkey and send to another area, right? Okay. But not only that, we get tastes like umami from salt. Because after a while. After a while, yeah. yeah. It's the salt and the aging, but it's literally salt is breaking down the proteins and rearranging <laughs> them into like so glutamates. Cool. It's really Which cool. makes your body crave it because then that's also glutamates are associated with both probiotics and uh, proteins, which your body wants. <laughs> you know, your body is like, uh, it's, salt tastes yeah. good because your body needs it. Sugar sure. tastes good because your body runs off sugar. I love sugar. Your body is telling you the things that are good <laughs> and it's awesome, man. Well, how does that play into the fact that it's tricking you? Oh, because there's now a lot. It's <laughs> a great question. Um, Segway back to the tangent. <laughs> bingo, bingo. Uh, but salt is like one chemical compound, right? Yeah. And they seal. It's knackle, baby. Knackle. It's knackle. You throw knackles at my knackle. feet and I'll dance for you. Um, but it, it's NACL. <laughs> in my opinion, in my opinion. Okay, I'm mm, ready. This is a terrible opinion. I'm and ready it's for just it. Factually I'm used false. to your terrible opinions. All salt is the same, and the salt that you have in your home, you should only have one type of salt. And whatever type of salt <laughs> you have, that is the salt you should always use. Josh, shut one the front salt, door. <laughs> and I've gotten in fights with my significant other about this because when we naturally com- when we combine apartments, I have one type of salt. What is your one type of salt? Most chefs they'll tell you diamond crystal kosher, right? Okay, that's like the thing. That's the standard salt Whatever. that everyone loves. I don't use that. I use <laughs> I use the Kroger <gasps> generic equivalent. Me too. Shout out Kroger. <laughs> It's a, the, the the kernels are like a little bit bigger. They're good to pick up. You get a good pinch. This is not sponsored by Kroger, by no, the way. No, but we do love Kroger. But I had been cooking with that for several years. I, I lived by myself for a couple of years. Then we moved in together, and she has the Kirkland brand, three years old, a quarter used pink Himalayan sea salt grinder. Oh my god, don't get me. She's started. got the Morton's <laughs> iodine. She has like a thing of like pretzel salt with the giant things. Yeah. And I, and I was like, hey, can we throw away these salts? It's gonna jam up the pantry. <laughs> We're going to lose spices behind them and just use my salt. She was like, no. Because I cook and my salt's the correct one. And she said, no. And she said, no. And now Good. I Good will. Good job, Julia. I'm proud of you. <laughs> and now I'm like trying to get rid of these freaking salts. So if I need use salt, pasta use water. Them use them up. Yeah, I know. I'm trying. But yeah. I can't just throw them away because she gets mad. But Josh, if you're saying that all salts are the same, then why are you making such a fuss about the three extra salts? Because you got to use one. All salts are the same. You have to What use matters one. is consistency. If you are a good cook, again, I think not everyone's you, a good cook. Not everyone's a good cook. If you if you aspire, if you aspire to be a good cook, <laughs> you should have one salt that you like. If it is iodized Morton's crystal, uh, Morton's fine ground, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. use that. You can cook great with that. I do think the iodization does give it a little bit of a funky flavor, but whatever. Mm-hmm. That's like a very very small potatoes thing. But use that and get used to the feel of it. Get used to the measurements of it. Get used okay. to the eyeball aspect of it. Okay. Because I recently switched salts again because they didn't have Kroger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Come on, Kroger, you were out. And I had to go back to Diamond <laughs> Crystal. And like the feel of it is different. Mm-hmm. One teaspoon of of coarse ground kosher salt is significantly less salt than one teaspoon of I actually have that statistic here if you want to know the What's the conversion? Uh, there's a conversion. Let me pull it up for us. Let's see what it is. One second. It is literally a... Uh, if I type salt in the <laughs> document, <laughs> will it come up? salt. <laughs> Um, let's look up tablespoon. Maybe it's there. No, that's table salt. One second. <laughs> oh, I got it. One teaspoon table salt, fine salt, is equal to one and a half teaspoons Morton kosher salt, which is equal to two teaspoons of diamond crystal kosher salt. And you know what the thing about that is? What is it's it? It's not true at all. 
What? It can't be. It's because from the kitchen. The you, respectedly. Okay. <laughs> weird, weird segue. I used to watch a show called Sports Science where they'd like hook up a linebacker to like all these electrodes and they'd have them like hit a crash test dummy. And they always used to go, Ray Lewis hit this crash test dummy with 100,000 pounds of force. Was this That's as Spike? much as. Yeah, it was. It was on Spike TV. That's as much it. as a Mack truck. And oh. you're like, was it was exactly 100,000? You didn't round at all? No, they had to round. How fast is a Mack truck going? They had to round. If the number, that's what I'm saying. You're rounding on these, so you're getting an inconsistent result. Well, one teaspoon because, is equal to one and a half teaspoon is equal te- to two. Well, no, I would like to believe uh, the people, the fine people at the kitchen were weighing it out. I would 0%. like to believe that. I disagree. Josh, just let me imagine. Okay. <laughs> well, well uh, Josh, <laughs> there's one thing that I disagree with, and it's all of it. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> I think you need different salts for different things. Sometimes, you know, let me tell you, whenever I'm cooking Persian food, I need to use iodized salt because that's what my mom used. And it tastes the best used with that crappy iodized salt. Sometimes when I'm cooking at home, I'm taking a fistful of the Kroger salt because that's what I have at home. Sometimes when they're out, I go and I get the, you know, Whole Foods one because it's available. I have finish. I have like three different kinds of finishing salts at my house. I think different salts have different purposes. And I think to discount them is unfair. I do think that pink Himalayan salt is BS. That's what we can agree on, the pink Himalayan salt. Dude, I I literally met with like a professional trainer and mm. I'm like, you know, I don't drink a lot of water. And they're like, sprinkle some pink Himalayan salt uh, in there and uh, it'll help hydrate your body more. And I was like, hmm, let's see. And literally all of the things that are supposed to hydrate you and like give you like magnesium and B12 and stuff, mm. that. It's very minuscule in pink salt. You would have to have toxic amounts of pink yeah. salt in order to get any benefits from the pink salt. So I don't really believe that pink Himalayan salt is like a big deal. I think it's pretty on a countertop, but Agreed. I'm not used. I do not use it. My mother-in-law bought me salt and pepper shakers whenever I went to my first home. Uh, so nice. I threw that away. <laughs> it's in the garbage. I love throwing away gifts from people who love you. No, like I threw out the salt. I kept the shaker. <laughs> yeah, nice shake. They're good but shakers. Like, but like the pink salt phenomenon is mm. insanity to me. And I, yeah. think, I think that's a big trick. I think that's a lie. And I think a lot of health and like wellness influencers have pushed this kind of pseudoscience mm. that pink Himalayan salt is the best salt for you to l- use because it's pink and it has yeah. stuff in it. But I don't really, I don't, I don't find, I don't find those findings very interesting, and I don't, and I don't connect to those at all. I have a couple points to address. <laughs> One, we've talked some crap on iodized salt, but we need to say the history of iodized salt. It's necessary. It was necessary for society <laughs> at the time. It's necessary for 1920s <laughs> Michigan uh, because. <laughs> No, no, no. This is this is a real thing. Also, I grew up cooking with iodized salt. Of course. Um, and again, you can be a great cook with iodized salt. And the reason that it exists, it was a big, incredibly successful public health effort. There was a huge outbreak of goiters. I don't know why I'm laughing about goiter, goiters. Goiters are the worst. But, you know, the giant growth that comes from an iodine deficiency. And so and it was happening in Michigan. And so, you know, a public health administration was like, hey, Everybody eats salt. Add iodine to your salt. It's the same reason they add fluoride to the water. Uh, despite what Alex Jones might say, it's the reason you add vitamin <laughs> D to milk. The it's, frogs are gay! It's because you have... And we love gay frogs here at Mythical Kitchen. I love all frogs. I only love gay I'm frogs. I'm an inclusive I frog hate lover. straight frogs. Um, I think frog sexuality is a spectrum if you really break it down. Um, but no, so iodized salt is really cool. Um, yeah. Number two, you have three kinds of finishing salt? Yeah, I what? have I have Why? I have Malden, 
Okay, the Maldon. Tell them about Maldon. Ma- Maldon is. Uh, I actually don't know where it's from. It's French, right? I mean, no, it's, it's, it's not, not French. It's not. Maggie, French. where's Maldon I salt think from? It's fr- I'm pretty sure it's from the USA. What? Yeah, it's like from these cool mines somewhere in like Colorado <laughs> or something. I'm not kidding. I swear. I googled it. Oh, never mind. It's from Malden Essex. Oh, it's from Malden Essex. <laughs> oh my God, the Malden salt what is from Malden Essex. Salt? What kind of salt? It's just such it a is? lovely salt you put on top of your biscuits and jam. What the Malden Essex? What salt did I have that was clearly like from the caves it, of Colorado? Was it Jacobson? Yeah, Jacob. Okay, thanks, Josh. Thank you for finding okay, okay. me. Okay, I I realize I am a hypocrite. Yeah, no freaking <laughs> duh. Because I have... Oh, but can I tell you the salt I have? I have <laughs> go, a Malden salt, I have an Aztec sea salt, and I have some sort of saffron salt. Aztec, huh? Co- yeah. Not Toltec? No. Not, not Zapotec? No, no, no. Mm, the old, the Olmecs, they didn't... I, can I did finish? I say that or did I say Toltec? I don't know what the frick you're saying. But I use it for, like, you know, a finishing a cocktail or, like, you know, topping, like, a, a hamachi if I have, like... <laughs> stop laughing. When, when are you making hamachi? Sometimes I buy raw fish and I slice it nicely for my loving husband. <laughs> Sorry about it. <laughs> but how does the Aztec sea salt differ from the Maldon? It's crunchy. The Maldon's it's crunchy. It's crunchy. No, Maldon is flat crunchy. Oh. Flat pyramid crunchy is different than pebble crunchy. Maldon is crispy, whereas the Aztec sea salt it's is crunchy. crunchy. But um, <laughs> fun fact, I used to actually... Stop laughing. <laughs> this is a serious podcast about salt trickery. <laughs> I used to work at a chocolate store, as you know very well. Mm. And of course, your girl used to <laughs> lead. <laughs> salt and chocolate tastings. Yeah. So I would have different percentages of chocolates. I would have 32%, 48%, Madagascar, Colombia, Switzerland, whatever. And I would pair it with these really unique salts. And we would just I would just sit there with like a group of like seven people and I would just lead them through, like, oh, you're going to <laughs> I'm laughing. And it'd be like, oh, like, do you feel how the 32% just melts <sighs> perfectly alongside the the crystalline compound of the Malden? And do you see how the crunch of the acidity of this Celtic sea salt works with this gorgeous, stunning dark chocolate from like Cambodia? It was all a lie. Trickery. I Chicanery. I Tomfoolery. I could have moved the salt yeah. one level down and pushed it up and no one would know the difference because of the way it sold to you. I <laughs> Have I ever told you about like the ultimate form of power suggestion food trickery that I've ever experienced. I would it, love it, to it hear involves, about it. It involves, uh, what's that beer that I don't particularly love? Stella. Stella Artois. Oh, you don't like Stella? Stella's a perfectly fine beer. It's it's, it's my it, People think it's fancier it. than it is. It's like the Bud Light of Belgium in a way that I, I love. I love a good light beer. I'd probably take certain things over Stella. Peroni. Peroni. Peroni's I'd rather my Peroni. beer, my go-to beer when I see it. Yeah. Same. Absolutely love it. They taste identical. Don't think I could tell it apart. And it <laughs> Anyways, okay. I was at a food event. I was probably like 24 years old, and it was a big fancy one uh, hosted by Stella Artois. Mm. Um, and Stella, they had a whole booth there with like a VW bus painted like Stella or something. I love when they do that. And they had like <laughs> these dudes in like chef's coats with Stella Artois on the logo, and they were both Belgian. And this dude comes up to me and goes, do you want to see a magic trick? And I was like, yeah, kind of a beer. And then <laughs> he puts like a thing of sriracha on a um, a popsicle stick. And he goes like, put this in your mouth. And I'm like, yes, daddy. I have a question. Is Go one ahead. of the national languages of Belgium fr- fr- French? Yeah, let's get into okay. Belgian languages. Is so it? Belgium. So, uh, you know, Fran- French is the most spoken language in Belgium. Okay, they all- also speak a little bit story. of Dutch, some continue German. And Flemish is interesting. Your story. So uh, he goes, put this in your mouth. And then I do it. And then he's just like. 
Now take a sip of Stella Artois. And then he's <laughs> like, and now in four seconds, you will feel the peppercorn berries going over your mouth and you will get the essence of bay leaf. And then when I count to five, one, <laughs> two, three, four, sink. He switches to French on Sink. Sink. The spice will be gone. And I watched him like do this with other people, and there's like, oh my god, it's all, it's all right, it's all right. And I was like, one, what is the point of this exercise? Um, two, yeah, it's gonna be gone. It's because you're it's everything's just, it's so subjective, due it's to so saliva. subjective. Yeah, you know, yeah, of course, yeah. it takes takes roughly 15 seconds for yeah. you know beer to wash out spicy food. Everyone who has ever drank beer and ate chicken wings could have told you that. But that's a lot of the, the trickery with the salt stuff, right? Yeah, no, I I was a charlatan once. Now I am an honest cow <laughs> girl. Only honesty over here. <laughs> and we've talked about that with, with liquor, with yeah. hell, jewelry, with yeah. wine. That's what makes life so fun. That's right. And I agree with that because these salts, they bring balance to your life. You love it. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to have. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. The one thing I will say is that that annoys me about salt companies in particular is kosher salt. Like oh. you were saying, how kosher salts are different for different brands. That's annoying. Stop doing that. Like the crystalline compound is different and the way that it like melts into food, I feel like is very different. Because What's of kosher the, salt? Kosher salt? Because there's there's legal you know there's legal salt. protections on what kosher salt it's it's it has to do with the size of the granules right you you take the the beef yeah you buy the beef you <laughs> uh, rabbi comes and watches you and Baruch uh, Atah no, enjoy your hamburger you welcome to Williamsburg you, Brooklyn shut up <laughs> you literally take it and you salt it with kosher salt so the all the blood gets drawn out uh-huh. and then once all the blood is drawn out you rinse it off and then the rabbi says oh that's good and you stamp it and you take it out but the the, the process of koshering, like drawing the blood mm-hmm. out, which I, I don't think it's, it's not actually blood you're drawing out, but the, anyways. Heme. Heme. It's, it's heme. It's something. It's something. <laughs> um, you're drawing out stuff that, that the Jews don't want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you, uh, it's the size of the granule and the porousness, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it needs to that be. That makes it kosher salt versus non. It needs to be a specific, uh, I think it's, I don't know if it's the granule size or if it's the salinity level. I don't yeah. know. But there are strict guidelines and you cannot budge on either of them yeah but it just pisses me off that like my kosher salt from kroger is different than my diamond crystal salt it's different from my whole food salt it's different from labeline salt and it's just remember one time i gave you labeline salt instead of <laughs> regular salt and you're like what is this what yeah little these? shards of glass <laughs> i hate it i i liked it i i think that salt's <laughs> good but like that's one thing that i wish it was a little bit more standardized yeah there should be one salt no there no, should no, be no. one salt that the world uses give me it's the, called salt no give me the illusion of choice just have the a, brand is salt no just <laughs> Josh 
<laughs> We're all going to turn to gray blobs if that happens. Just I want I want the salt to be the same across the board, and then I can have the illusion of choice, and that would make me happier. You know what else I hate? <laughs> People giving me gifts. How many, Nicole, as a foodie, uh-huh. how many food-themed gifts have you gotten and just been like, I don't want this. I'm going to throw it away. I can't say. It's a lot though, right? It's going to make people upset. I'm the same. <laughs> I've had a few. Same. I, a lot of them are salts. A lot, a lot of them, of them They're almost salts. always salts. Well, they give me so much salt. It's a kelp-infused salt. It's a truffle-infused salt. <laughs> it's a vanilla bean. You probably have the same ones that I, I do, do, dude. I they do. all got them from williamsonoma.com. Yeah. And like, thank you for giving me a gift. Just give me money. I don't know. Um, Please give us money instead. <laughs> we have so many of those little salts. Yeah, These are too. the other salts. These are the other salts that Julia came with. There's a kelp salt that stares at me every single day. And the problem is you try it and you're like, yeah, it tastes like kelp a little. Yeah. And you don't use enough salt. What are you using it on? Yeah. I don't know. What do you, uh, if, if I were to think about, right, curing a fish with kelp salt, but. Who has time to cure a fish? Who has time to cure a fish? Well, well, hold on. I do. I cure fish at home. You cure your own fish? I cure my fish a weird amount. I really what? love making smoked salmon or the, cured trout. You have like the the energy to do that? But yeah, I cook in the kitchen Freaking... so little here that oh, like yeah. I'll, I'll take up little weekend projects. Okay, that's good. That, that and curing sense. fish is easy. You set it and forget it. But you'll do things like uh, my favorite thing. Oh, my God. Like okay. mezcal and grapefruit. And here is another. You're making a Paloma cured lox? Yeah, I want to be able to drink my cured fish. (laughs) Um, That um, sounds good. But no, these little salt infusions, they don't do enough for me. Just give me a good salt and then put the other flavors on it. So those annoy me. So I hate that those are in my cupboard. um, And I resent Julia every day more and more because of it. What about black Um, salt? You ever see black with the volcanic ash and stuff? You ever see the black salts? Yeah. How do you feel the black salts? Stupid. Stupid. Actually, well, okay, so it looks cool. Looks cool. Yeah, it looks cool. Looks cool. But if you put it on a steak, then you don't know if it's burnt on the outside or not because <laughs> it's just black. I would so like, I don't get that. I just think black salt's a little bit stupid. I um, think that's a little bit extra. Cell gris? To, what about cell gris? Hold on. Who? French gray sea salt, ladies and gentlemen. It's good. Who used to be on Food Network that used to cook exclu- exclusively with gray salt? I don't know. It was a man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very man thing to do. He was he was a great man, and he would always say, quarter teaspoon sell grease. <laughs> really? Yeah. Was he, like, very French? Was it, like, Michael no. Chiarello or something? Oh, my God. It might have been. Was my, it? Was it Michael? He did some sexual misconduct. Oh, was it? I don't know. But, like, he would always use sell grease, and I think he inspired me to buy sell grease, and yeah. I loved him. My mom's like, what is this? <laughs> she did not let me use it anymore. <laughs> I'll tell you the reason I love gray sea salt. And again, these are these weird intangible moments in food. Sure. Um, I was probably like 19. My older brother was mm-hmm. like only 23 at the time. Um, he took me to Fogo de Chao. Fogo Ooh, de Chao. Brazilian fancy. barbecue. Fancy. It was like for my birthday. And I was just so enamored with it. I was asking the servers questions. The guy like took me into the kitchen oh, and so showed cute. me how they did their beef what a ribs. Precocious teen. I was such a precocious teen, and it was really interesting. <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, like, there's so much flavor developed off this. Like, where does that come from?" The guy's like, "Gray sea salt." <laughs> and I was like, Pah. "Oh my god!" And to this day, I don't know if it's true, but I know that. I see celery, I see gray sea salt. I get very excited because I have a cool memory associated so with it. So is that another salt that you have in your house? I don't. Can I tell you about the other salts I have real quick? I thought you only had one. I don't. I, I lied. I said I'm a hypocrite. I said I'm a hypocrite. I'm Josh. I like singularity because in my we, life. We because... t- okay, go ahead. Sorry. We were talking about um, uh, the Jacobson sea salt. Yeah. And I realized that I have Alderwood smoked Jacobson you sea salt. You love that stuff. And here's, I endorse that product. You I realize it. most of my salts are for cocktails. 
That's what I'm saying. That's what I use my saffron salt for. Though the other day, I was making a rack of ribs. I don't have a smoker at home. I live in an apartment. And so I used the Jacobson salt to cure the ribs. It was good. And it was really good. You taste the smoke on it. If I would have mixed liquid smoke with normal salt, probably would have gotten me there. And then the other one that I have, you I feel like you know, if I gave you three guesses. <laughs> okay. It's a fancy, it's salt that's grounded and infused with something, and it's from Mexico. Sal Guasano. Sal de Guasano. I know you, Josh. Damn right, I got sal de gusano. Tell them what gusano means. So there's worms that live inside of the agave plant. Yes. And what you do is you smoke the worms, you dry them, you grind them with chili powder into a salt, and it creates an incredible uh, seasoning that you will often, like, shoot mezcal, take the sal de gusano, and then eat an orange with it. And I have a lot of mezcals at home, and I'll put sal de gusano on the rims of cocktails around it, and then I'll cook with it, too. Does it taste oh. okay? Because I've tasted it before too. It doesn't taste like worms. Umami. No, it tastes like umami. It like taste because like worms. you smoke the worms, you salt them, you get the proteins that are getting all rearranged <laughs> because of the magic properties of salt, and then you get a really incredible product and flavor. Uh, Maggie, put a sound over this. Like you know, like a. Like I'll do a it. I'll do it. I'll do like foley. No, 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 no. It's like okay, okay. No, I got, it. I got this next time. I got this next time. Twinkling stars. I get it. I get twinkling it. stars. Ready? I get it. <laughs> I'm trying to. T- I don't know how to make it twinkle. Josh, make the stars twinkle or don't let them. Don't do it at all. Ready? Last chance. Yeah, if yeah. You can't do it. It's done. Ready? It. One, two, three. Blink, 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 blink. That was so good. <laughs> Thank you so that much. That was so good. Maggie, fix it in post. Thank you um, so much. But no, sal de guasano is a wonderful ingredient that more people need to know about. I agree. With so that. thanks for bringing it into the into the world. What is the most podcast? practical salting advice you have for people at home? Um, practical or yeah. impractical? No, practical. Oh, do I want to be a little impractical. So, um, on Tumblr a long time ago, I used to follow this like hashtag called like Chef Life, and wow. I saw someone have a tattoo on their palm that was teaspoon oh God, and this. tablespoon. So all you have to do is just get a lifelong tattoo on your palm that says teaspoon and tablespoon, and then that'll be a measure for your salt for the rest of your life. There's no way that works though, right? Because so like, <laughs> what do you mean the salt? Different salts are gonna fall in different so levels. Um, that's my impractical <laughs> advice. Do you get the tattoo because it looks cool and it's a good conversation starter, and that's what life's all about—conversation starters. But for practical advice, um, find a salt you like and use it, and use it well. Just one. No, you can. Just no, one. no, no. You don't need you to get two as a treat. Okay, fine. You get you get okay. You get one salt that you use every single day, and then you get another salt that you can top things for fancy occasions. That's actually good. That's you a good advice. What's yours, Josh? Uh, salt foods earlier in the process than you normally do. That has changed the way that I, I cook. Disagree completely. What do you mean? No. Okay. Well, we get we get in fights about this because I marinated my chicken. <laughs> I marry my chicken. I cure my own damn fish at home, Nicole. You think I'm not salting things as early as I can? I buy meats from the grocery store, not red meats. Not okay, red meats. I don't okay. eat, I don't really eat red meat in the home because okay. I'm better than you. Um, but I no, I I've heart disease in the family. Um, <laughs> but um I get chicken. Okay. Uh, I guess I do only do this with chicken and pork, really. Um I do eat red meat in the home. I just made a lovely pork tenderloin. But I'll get home and I'll immediately pork red meat? Yeah. I thought it was the other white meat. God, we have to do a That's whole, another podcast. Oh my god. Yes, 
I love Oh, I it. have so much to say okay, about okay, that Okay, Peggy, one. write this down. Oh, wow, pork oh, is red meat, question mark? God, that's good. How have we not done this one? Oh, I'm going to burn the pork industry to the ground. We, we're friends with the pork boy. Yeah, no, we love the pork part. Um, <laughs> sorry, continue. I'm so sorry. Continue. I'll dig chicken or pork and I'll okay. immediately salt it and I just eyeball it. Okay. Um, but I'll salt it and then just put it back in the fridge because okay, the salt is what cures. Sometimes I'll do a sugar cure. I did a quick sugar cure on a pork loin too. Salt, sugar, put it in the fridge and then you can add any spices you want because salt is the only thing that needs time to penetrate meat. Mm-hmm. But not only that, if I make a salad, I'm probably going to salt the greens directly. Some people don't do that because it'll leach <laughs> moisture. Uh, if I'm making a coleslaw, if I'm making a cucumber salad, I'll lightly salt it, rub it in. Yeah, to let it dry leach out. out the moisture. But, but uh, Salt, baby. But, oh. uh, but like everyone says with soups and stews and sauces, you should wait to salt it last. But that's only because you run the risk of over-salting. Oh, if you're sauteing, man. If you're sautéing onions, you will actually caramelize them quicker by salting them immediately in the pan because it draws out the moisture and oh, that's gosh. where the sugars are hiding. You're right. Salt early, salt often. Also, the research Watch on whether or not the research on whether or not salt is excess salt intake is bad for you is a little muddled out there. I know uh, every doctor probably says differently, but do your own research. Yeah. Oh God, I just don't, said that phrase. Oh, ironically. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, enjoy salt. Put salt on your food. Hmm. But if you have medical problems, please consult your doctor. <laughs> That's a good one. Because we're not doctors. We could be if we applied ourselves. <laughs> Get the legal liability. You know what I'm fascinated by? Hold on. I know we're, <laughs> we're like over time, but okay. check this out. What's so up? back in the 80s, they said that fat was bad for you. It's like yeah. salad dressing companies. They took the fat out of stuff mm-hmm. and they added a bunch of sugar. There's kind of this theory right now where if P- the FDA is getting um, packaged food companies to remove salt from their foods, right? Interesting. Okay. And they're advertising it. 30% less salt than last What's year or whatever. What's the replacement to the salt? What's the replacement? And MSG? is it going to be something worse than salt? Hmm. What is we haven't really salt? seen it yet. Hmm. But it's kind of like, is salt actually that bad for you? I just want something to justify my own lifestyle choices. And that's really what this podcast is about. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Stay salty, my friends. All right, Nicole. All right, yeah. We've heard what you and I have to say. Now it's time to find out what other wacky ideas are rattling out there in the universe. Time for a segment we call Opinions are like a roll. Josh! What was that? You did? What do they call it? It's like... Um, I can do whatever I want. MLB, mouth like butthole. What are you talking about? You, first your lips that. Like means that. Major League Baseball, you freak. That's what MLB means? Yeah, where have you That's been? That's what I've been watching on Fox. Yeah, you haven't been watching. That was the Mouth Like Butthole League. <laughs> That'd be the MLBL, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's, let's listen to our first. <laughs> hey, Josh and Nicole. Hey. My name is Dave. Uh, I live in Redding, Pennsylvania, very close hey. to Josh's old stomping grounds in Allentown. Uh, wondering what you guys Stop think of ground. Scrapple. Scrapple. Oh. Delicious. Uh, no one that's not from this area seems to know what it is. I'm sure Josh does. Huh. Uh, talk about Scrapple. Great I, show. I know, too. I'm I on Scrapple? the show. What's Scrapple? It's pork parts and cornmeal. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Pushed into a, a nice little loaf pan. Oh, hell yeah, it is. And then it's cooked, and then you slice it, and then you put it on a griddle. Yeah. yeah I yeah. like to griddle mine. And, of course, the classic way to eat <laughs> you it can is deep with fry as well. 
Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I knew that, but I didn't <laughs> want to say it. Um, you, uh, the classic way to eat it is with a side of grape jelly and yellow mustard, I believe. That might be a Pittsburgh way to eat it. So, What's up, Pittsburgh? So, 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 um, Western PA. That we're, Pittsburgh's basically Ohio. Pittsburgh. Like, let's be real here. <laughs> No, I, I happen to love Scrapple. Um, I actually love a lot of I went to an awesome meat market, cannot remember the name, but up near like Lancaster County. Um like Here? Yo, we was driving no no no, that's that's Lancaster. This is Lancaster in Pennsylvania. <laughs> I'm dead serious, <laughs> I'm there's a difference. But big like Amish Mennonite country out there. Because mm-hmm. we're up in Allentown and we were driving over to Wherever the freaking uh, uh, Yingling Brewery is. I don't know anything about that <laughs> the area of the United States. We I'm went sorry. to this Amish meat market and they have like Lebanon sweet bologna. There's a city called Lebanon up there. They just have so many awesome cured meat products. They have cool names around there. They got like Arab Pennsylvania <laughs> yeah, and like yeah. Lebanon Pennsylvania. Yeah. Bethlehem. They, yeah. yeah. The old Bible stuff. Listen, Pennsylvania is, it's a very weird state. Um, I mean, founded by the Quakers and a lot of religious dissidents. <laughs> Pennsylvania, I love Pennsylvania so much. Go birds, baby. We almost did it. Next year we're coming. Scrapple, <laughs> I love. Uh, my favorite way to eat Scrapple, Reading Terminal Market. You go there. Can't remember the name of the Amish vendor. A lot of names that I forgot. But Hezekiah. they will probably. They'll Hezekiah's check. <laughs> there's this like Amish um, uh, uh, diner. And you go there, you get a slice of pie. You can get like uh, chicken and waffles, but Amish style, where it's a chicken and a cream gravy served on I have top of waffles. Seen, I have seen that before. I have seen Love that, that before. But the Scrapple, they take it, they deep fry it. Mm. And there's so much fat and cornmeal in Scrapple that it just like, like you get all the funk from the organs, but you don't. It's it's a mush. You at don't that taste point. it, yeah. But it's it's crispy cornmeal and fat. So good. It just explodes in your mouth. You put it on a crusty like Kaiser roll with uh, like cheese a and sandwich? egg. Sandwich. Oh, it's like cheese a sandwich. And egg. Breakfast sandwich. Yeah. I've always seen it served like on a plate with like little sides of sauces for. Dinner. You can certainly do that, and I love that. I love it with grape jelly. Yeah. I love just a scrapple sandwich with grape jelly and mustard. That's a nice treat for me. Yeah. But to me, like the breakfast sandwich, it's just oh, it's like a crispy oh. meat and organ hash brown at that. Oh, point. Oh yeah, that's love scrapple. Good. Big fan. We made Scrapple to, on the show. We did. I mean, like, uh, like we cooked it for mythical. Yeah, GMM. we got it pre-made, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we're yeah, not going to make it. Scrapple from scratch. I do. I want to try. You should make Snapple Scrapple. No, I don't want to do that. You... Also, I hate wordplay. Josh, peach Snapple... iced tea flavored organ meats. <laughs> Honestly, in the comments, just write how badly you want to see that happen. I know you do. Hey, Josh and Nicole, this is Andrew from New Jersey. I uh, love the show and got a quick debate for you guys, a very Jersey-specific debate. Let's go. Um, there is a wonderful breakfast food, uh, just processed pork. It comes in a log. You cut it okay, up, you slice yep, it, yep, yep. you put it on a roll. It's a wonderful for breakfast. However, there is one debate about this type of food uh, that rages between North and South Jersey. Is, is that food, is, is it called Taylor ham or is it called pork roll? Had, now, in my opinion, I've had, pork roll all the way. Yeah, uh, pork roll is the product. Taylor ham is the brand. Yeah. However, this is one of the most divisive uh, topics here in New Jersey, more divisive than politics. And uh, <laughs> people will yell at you, get angry at you if you do call it the wrong name. So I need your opinion. I need you to decide for New Jersey, is it Taylor ham or is it pork roll? Oh, God. Okay. Two Southern California people. Okay. Okay, this is t- this is a micro podcast within a podcast, like Inception. Are you ready? I'm ready. Do it. Go. Okay, it's obviously Taylor Ham. What? Why? Because no, it's that's like, the brand. Okay, like he said, call, it's like calling okay, it Oscar say, Mayer. It's called the Exactly. Do you say like, oh, I need a tissue, or do you say I need a Kleenex? You say I need a Kleenex. <laughs> no, but Kleenex makes multiple products. But okay, I see your point. I see your point. What I see your point. Are I see your products? Point. I use what Kleenex be hole wipes. No, you don't. Uh, you're lying actually, no, just you're right. for the sake of lying. No, I use no, cotton no, it's Taylor Ham because it is what it is and it's iconic and I've seen the packaging. I've purchased the packaging many times and I know what it is. And when I see it, I know what I'm getting. I'm getting a pork roll. I don't need the extra pork roll. I know that it's Taylor Ham. 
<laughs> my nana used to send us pork roll. Uh, she would freeze it and then send it from Allentown. Because, like, you get Eastern Pennsylvania, Jersey. Is this a Pennsylvania podcast? No, what okay. Well, I was, they're talking about it. I'm, I'm asking questions. And last time I went to the Jersey Shore with Julia... Because she grew up going to like Margate, Ventnor, that area. Her family's from Cherry Hill. I met my nana in uh, like Maple Hills or something. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Last time I was in Jersey, I fly into the Newark airport all the time. Um, I know nothing else about Jersey, but I call it pork roll. And at the Jersey Shore, they had a pork roll sandwich that was just like three thick slices of pork roll. Got to score it so it doesn't doesn't curl Mm -hmm. um, on a soft bun with American cheese. And it was so good. I ate it on the beach just sweating. Okay. Just drunk I'm off so of Trulies. It is all about Taylor Ham, and it is called Taylor New Jersey. I know you're listening. Country, the country of New Jersey, or the state, state of New Chris Jersey. Chris Christie, you're out there. State of New Jersey. I know you're listening right now. Bruce Springsteen, the boss. Guess what? It's called Taylor Ham. Buddy Velastro from Cake Boss. It's called Taylor Ham. I don't even know if he's from Jersey. It just seems like it. Next opinion. Is it 99 Ranch or Ranch 99? What? It's 99 Ranch. That is a big debate. Now nah, we'll, we'll get to it later. What? We'll get there later. People you think it's Ranch 99. 99. You say 99 Ranch. No, people from NorCal say Ranch 99. People from SoCal say 99 Ranch. I don't, I don't has associate to do, with people from NorCal. It has to do with the <laughs> signage because all the stores in NorCal, the, the 99 is after Ranch. It says Ranch 99 Market, Josh, but it's you know supposed to be about it. Josh, you know what sucks? You ah. never asked me about my experience at Salt Bay's restaurant, what? and we had a whole podcast about Salt. How was Salt Bay's restaurant? It was decent. Great. <laughs> Next opinion. Hi, I just watched your entire episode on busting uh, chocolate chip cookie mess. Oh, Thanks for yeah. watching. And you guys said to leave them in the refrigerator, but you did not tell me how long. And in the description, you also didn't tell me how long. Josh, what's so the how hell, long man? do I refrigerate my cookie dough for? Your rest- Please, uh, inquiring minds want to know. Your Thank recipe you. writing needs work, Mr. Sharer. You're correct. All right, so here's the thing. Sometimes we do a bad job. That's it. Sometimes <laughs> we're not so good at what we do, but... Here's the thing about how long to leave something in the fridge and a thing that I think, this isn't to put blame on you, a thing that I wish people would sort of recognize, right, Hmm. is like, it's not about how long you leave it in the fridge. People say you can leave, you can leave this in the fridge for two to 12 hours. They're making that up. The 12 hour limit on how long you can brine chicken for? No, I'll leave it in for four days. Oh, uh, mm. You don't like these numbers are all that. made up. People aren't testing them. They're not going like, oh, I took this out at 11 hours and 41 minutes, and that seemed to be the limit. No, they're making it up. Uh, so, yeah, between two and 12 hours is my official recommendation. That's not true at all. What I mean to say is it has to do with the internal temperature of your cookie dough, right? However long it takes for cookie dough to get down to fridge temp, because that's called stasis, right? It'll stay there in the fridge for forever. Cookie dough is literally all, what, fat and sugar and refined flour. That stuff are all natural preservatives. You can keep it in the fridge for up to a week. It'll probably get to temp in an hour. So between one hour and 137 hours is my official answer. Um, I'm just going to say <laughs> uh, an hour. Like until it's cold is the answer. An right? hour. An hour is an fine. Hour. An hour, hour is fine. Hour's don't good. wait any. If you don't need to wait. Hour's good. When I used to scoop cookies on a massive scale, I would let them rest uh, for 12 hours. Yeah. But you don't have to do that. You don't have to do yeah. anything. You don't even need to make your own chocolate chip cookies. You can just buy them from... From a store. We have the technology now. Yeah. You just buy them. Yeah, don't make them anymore. Yeah, however long you want to leave them in the fridge. They're still going to be good cookies. I say an hour at least, and then the rest, if it has mold on it, don't cook it. Also, like, I don't know what your oven works like. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We just made cookies. Like, we tried our best to find answers. I don't know how to cook. (laughs) Or bake. There's so many variables. Just kidding. I have a children's baking book. 
we could pick it up on Amazon. There's so many variables that when people in recipes say two to 12 hours, it makes you feel comforted. But I need you to know out there that like there's no one there for you. It's just you and the cookies in your own wits and guile and equipment. Your oven wits probably doesn't guile. work. That's the new your, name of the podcast. Welcome sheets, to Wits and Guile. Your cookie sheet's probably like I'm bent Nicole, out this of is shape. Josh. He doesn't you shut up ever. Three hot spots in your oven. Gosh, I do. My oven shush. sucks, dude. Talk so much. All my cookie sheets are booty. <laughs> Josh, you talk so much. Next opinion. <laughs> Hi, Josh. Hi, Nicole. My name is Kay. They them pronouns. This is the weird family food that has been passed down to me from holiday to holiday that. that people question me on, and I'm going to eat it for the rest of my life. What is it? A fat block of cream cheese. Oh, I know it's coming. Mothered in A1 steak sauce. Oh, no, I don't. And you just eat it with wheat thin. <laughs> you were going to say pepper jelly, huh? Y'all can fight me on it, but I know I'm right, so let Ooh, me do it. That's a... Hope y'all have a good day. That's okay, pungent. let's fight. Let's fight. I already cracked my knuckles and like did the whole neck thing about New Jersey. Did they say where they're from? Uh, I don't remember. Megan, did they say it's where a they're fam- from? It's a family thing. It's a family thing. Where's the family from? I don't know. What region of the world do you think Massachusetts! Southeastern Mass. Okay, I would have picked like to Oklahoma. Your phone number. You're from Massachusetts. <laughs> um, but and according yeah. to your address, your room is dirty. Clean it up. We see you on <laughs> Google Street View. Oh my gosh, uh, this sounds gross. I wish it really? had pepper jelly on it. I, like- I thought pepper jelly was coming. Yeah, I, I like pepper jelly and cream cheese. I mean, I honestly put a little bit of cream cheese in just about everything. So <laughs> anything is possible. I like the wheat thins angle. I just don't like A1. I don't like the Worcestershire. I love, you know I love A1. You've yeah. seen me. Uh, yesterday, I was I had a, I was holding a steak in my fist. Like Eating a baseball. it like an apple. Eating it like an apple that Nicole insisted that I do. is a leftover steak on set. I'm looking out for you always. And I was like, can I have a steak? She's like, only if you eat it like an apple. And I was like, no problem, Bob. And, and then I asked her for the Why A1. Why like this? Um, so here's the thing with that cream cheese dip, right? What you're saying to me is all you want is a more voluminous A1. You want A1 but volume. You want your A1 to be You're trying luminous. to dilute. Yeah, you're trying You want your A1 sauce to be voluptuous like Fergie in my humps. And how do you get voluptuousness in like a dip for a cracker? Cream, cream cheese. cheese. Cream cheese. <laughs> and so what I would do, I, I bet, I bet the, the play of the sharp salty A1 like works with, you know, the, the nice creaminess of the cheese. I yeah. would blend it in. Ooh. I'd blend it in and I'd top it with like no, slivered almonds, baby. No, no, no. I think the whole point of this is that there are going to be uh, uncovered cream cheese parts and covered cream cheese parts. Yeah, so you can get like, more A1 whole, and one. That's the whole point. It's like it's a mystery basket. And when you dip it in, you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> I want A1 flavored cream cheese so badly right now. Ew. What I want to do is I want to take a nice steak I want to make like a steak bagel melt with like dressed arugula, oh, horseradish, and A1 cream cheese. Oh, that sounds really good. Oh, my God. That sounds really good. Yeah, that you've awoken something in us. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> this is where this is where inspiration comes. <laughs> On that note, thank you for listening to a hot dog as a sandwich. We got new audio only episodes every Wednesday and a video version over on YouTube on Fridays. That's right, Josh. And if you want to be featured on Opinions Like Casseroles, you can hit us up at 833-DOGPOD1. Again, the number, this is where I get sexy. The number is 833-DOGPOD1. <laughs> Stop laughing, Maggie. I'm sexy. And for more, if you have to yell, I'm sexy. That's how you know it's true, folks. Damn it. For, for more Mythical Kitchen, check us out. We have a little we have a little page that has the things, but like it doesn't mean anything. Just like we're on YouTube. You know where we are. You know what I forgot to say? What? I was my initial idea for an intro was just to go, salt, 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 salt and pepper is indeed here. 
salt, 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 and pepper here. Oh, yeah. And I'm glad we didn't do it. I'm glad we didn't do it. With that who, response. Who sang that song? Um, uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony? Josh. Hey, got that bone, bone, bone. It's a thuggish, ruggish bone. It's a thuggish, ruggish bone. It's the thuggish, the thuggish, ruggish bone. You know what Maggie's going to do? She's going to cut this and send it to us later. I'd be like, listen to this, you freaks. It's the thuggish, ruggish bone. It's the thuggish, ruggish bone. That's a, that's a good one. That's, that's a good karaoke song. That's a good song. Is all you say thuggish, ruggish bone? <laughs> yeah, I don't know the lyrics. <laughs> no, it's not a good, it? karaoke song. a good karaoke song. That's all the girl says, but then the guys are rapping over it. Because yeah, I don't want to do that part, but I'd come and just go. <laughs> it's a thuggish, ruggish bone. It's a thuggish, ruggish bone. I'd come in and I'd really get sensual with it. You know? <laughs> Oh my god, I'm crying. <laughs>